Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to let you know I have a free on-demand masterclass called Five Steps to Writing a Novel Without Letting Perfectionism or Procrastination Get in the Way. In this free training, I cover things like where perfectionism comes from, how it's directly linked to procrastination, and what you can do right now to start making real progress with your writing. I also talk about the problem with popular plotting methods and how they can do more harm than good, especially if you're brand new to writing. And last but certainly not least, I share some of the most common mistakes I see writers make so you can avoid them and make this the year you finish your novel. If this sounds like something you're interested in, you can sign up for free at savannagilbo.com forward slash training. One more time, that's savannagilbo.com forward slash training to get your hands on this free masterclass. So it's the moment that forces your protagonist to face a decision about what to do next. You can think about it as a moment where your character looks around and says, well, now what am I going to do? So they've either just learned something that changes their circumstances or they've done something that changes their circumstances or something has happened that's changed their circumstances. And in a perfect world, the turning point of your scene would be that last complication on your list or the most complicated thing your character has to deal with. Welcome to the Fiction Writing Made Easy podcast. My name is Savannah Gilbo, and I'm here to help you write a story that works. I want to prove to you that writing a novel doesn't have to be overwhelming. So each week, I'll bring you a brand new episode with simple, actionable, and step-by-step strategies that you can implement in your writing right away. So whether you're brand new to writing or more of a seasoned author looking to improve your craft, this podcast is for you. So pick up a pen and let's get started. In today's episode, I'm going to walk you through my five-step process for evaluating the conflict in your novel using the lens of progressive complications. I'm also going to give you an example of what this process looks like by evaluating the conflict in one of the scenes from the movie Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. But before we dive in, let's quickly talk about what progressive complications are. So if you've never heard the term progressive complications before, it basically means conflict that gets harder and harder to deal with over time. So in a scene, there's going to be conflict that grows and escalates and eventually forces your character to make a decision about which way to move forward. And that's also true for your global overarching story, too. In last week's episode, I went over how to use progressive complications to write better conflict in your story, and I shared some best practices. So if you haven't heard that episode yet, I recommend pushing pause on this episode and coming back to it after you've listened to episode number 21 first. So now let's talk about how to evaluate the conflict in your draft. So this five-step process I'm going to walk you through is going to be especially helpful if you already have a finished first draft, but it's also great for looking back on any individual scene that you've just written to. And that's actually how I'm going to walk you through this five-step process today. So we're going to talk through it as if we're evaluating one scene in a story. And then at the very end of the episode, we're also going to look at one scene from Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. So without further ado, here are the five steps. Step one is to identify what your point of view character wants. So the first thing you're going to want to do is identify the point of view character's goal in the scene. So what does your character want to achieve, accomplish, or get? And then what's their plan for achieving, accomplishing, or getting that thing? The next thing you'll want to think of in terms of your character's goal is what do they expect is going to happen when they act on their plan? So how does your character think that their plan is going to work out for them? Do they expect to be successful? Do they expect it to be hard? Something else? How do they expect things to go? 
It's really important to understand what your character thinks will happen as they pursue their scene goal, because part of their struggle will be figuring out how to move forward when things don't exactly go as planned. And the struggle your character feels is what the reader is going to track. So they're going to keep reading to find out what's going to happen as your character pursues their goal. So that's step one. Identify what your point of view character wants in the scene you're looking at. Step two is to list everything that gets in your character's way. So once you've identified your character's goal and what they expect to happen, it's time to make a chronological list of everything that gets in your character's way. So that could be any person, place, or thing that gets in your character's way. And these complications can be positive or negative. So, for example, maybe there's a big storm or some kind of unexpected invite to a holiday party or maybe some kind of intrusive thought that keeps undermining your character's confidence. It could be anything like that as long as it's relevant to the story you're telling. And if you're more of a visual person, it could sometimes be helpful to think of a straight line that represents your character pursuing their goal. So if they traveled that straight line, they would accomplish their goal in the way they set out to accomplish it. But we know that's not going to happen, so imagine the complications that get in your character's way as things that distract your character away from that straight line. So they bump your character off that easy path of chasing their goal. And remember that these complications can be either positive or negative, so don't feel like everything has to be terrible all the time. So that's step two. Make a list of your complications or everything that gets in your character's way as they pursue their scene goal. Step number three is to rank your list of complications. So now that you have a list of complications, it's time to rank them. So we're going to put them in order. And there are a few ways you can do this. So you can rank the complications from one to 10, one being the least complicated and 10 being the most complicated. Or you can think in terms of your character's distance from achieving their goal. So for example, you could use variations of the words close and far. And your ranking system might look something like closest, close, kind of close, neutral, kind of far, far, and farthest. So it's how close or far your character is from achieving their goal. There's no right answer, so just create some kind of ranking system that makes the most sense to you. The most important part of this step is to determine whether or not your complications escalate. So do they get worse over time? Or can you rank them in order like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, or do they look more like 1, 3, 3, 2, 5, 1? If you find yourself with complications that jump all over the place, like from level 1 to level 3 to level 10 back to level 1, then this is a clear indicator that you need to revise your scene. And that's because when your complications don't escalate, it breaks that sense of forward momentum or that sense that tension's building within your scene. So that's step 3. Rank your list of complications to determine whether they escalate properly or not. Step four is to identify the turning point of your scene if there is one. So after you've ranked your complications, the next step is to see if you can identify the turning point of your scene. The turning point is a moment where your character realizes their original plan for accomplishing their scene goal is no longer viable. So it's the moment that forces your protagonist to face a decision about what to do next. You can think about it as a moment where your character looks around and says, well, now what am I going to do? So they've either just learned something that changes their circumstances or they've done something that changes their circumstances or something has happened that's changed their circumstances. And in a perfect world, the turning point of your scene would be that last complication on your list or the most complicated thing your character has to deal with. 
but sometimes it's not, and that's okay for right now. The purpose of the analysis we're doing is to gauge the current shape of each of the scenes in your draft. So if you haven't identified a turning point, that's okay, because now at least you know that you need to put one in there. If you have identified a turning point, then the next thing you're going to want to ask yourself is how that turning point changes things. So what has changed in your scene? And if there's something that has changed, how do you feel about that change? So does it really matter to the overarching story you're trying to tell? And if it does, then you're good to go. If not, you're going to need to make some adjustments to your scene or maybe even scrap it if you determine that it doesn't really add anything to your global story. So that's step four, identify the turning point of your scene. And if there isn't a turning point that changes things and forces your character to make a decision, then your scene doesn't work and it's time to make some tweaks. Step number five is to consider how the scene affects your global story. So if you've made it to this step and if your scene works, the next thing to look at is how this scene affects your global story. You're going to want to do that because no scene exists in a vacuum. They're all interconnected and they build on one another to move your global story forward. So if your scene works, you're going to want to ask questions like, does it move the global story forward? And where does this one scene fall within the chain of conflict or the chain of progressive complications in your global story? You can also ask, how does this scene help create that arc of change in your global story? And if you find that your scene does work and if it does move your global story forward and add to that overall arc of change in your global story, then you're good to go. You can move on to the next scene. So that's step five. Consider how this scene affects the global story. Now, before I recap those five steps, I want to walk you through an example of how this type of evaluation looks in a scene from the movie Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. The scene I'm going to evaluate here is one of the first scenes in the movie where Harry, Ron, Hermione, and some of the Weasleys travel from the Burrow to the Quidditch World Cup using a port key. So Harry's goal, or really everyone's goal in the scene, is to make it to the Quidditch World Cup. So the first thing I want to do here is look at what gets in the way of that goal. So I'm going to show you what gets in the way and also how I rank them in this example. So the first thing that gets in the way is that Ron asks Mr. Weasley where they're headed, and Mr. Weasley says he doesn't really know. Harry's kind of baffled by this, but he trusts Mr. Weasley, so this isn't all that bad of a complication. So I'm going to rank it one. The next thing that kind of gets in the way is that Harry and the Weasleys meet the Diggories who have been waiting for them. Amos Diggory recognizes Harry as the famous boy who lived. So being recognized in this way always makes Harry slightly uncomfortable, but it's not really anything new. So I'm going to give that a rank of two. The third thing that gets in the way is Harry sees a boot on the ground and he asks the Weasleys what it is. They tell Harry it's a port key, but Harry has no idea what a port key is or how to use it. So he's pretty unsure here and he becomes distracted, almost missing the departure time. So I'm going to give that a rank of three. The next thing that happens is Harry grabs the port key at the last minute and he is somehow whisked away from the little grassy hill. So he doesn't know what's happening to him or where he's going to land or how he's going to come out the other side of this experience. So I'm going to give that a rank of a four because it's slightly worse than the last complication. So the next thing that happens is everybody's spinning in the air and Mr. Weasley tells the kids to let go of the port key. Harry is super unsure what to do here because he doesn't know what's going to happen if he lets go. 
So this is his turning point moment because it directly leads to a dilemma or a choice between two things. So he can either let go of the port key and trust Mr. Weasley and risk getting hurt or who knows what's going to happen, right? Or he can hold on to the port key and risk missing the Quidditch World Cup because who knows where he's going to land. So I would rank this complication a five because it's the last complication in the chain of complications. So what happens is Harry decides to trust Mr. Weasley's advice and he lets go of the port key. He lands on the ground next to Ron and Hermione and they've all arrived at the Quidditch World Cup. So Harry has achieved his scene goal despite the conflict he faced along the way. Another thing I think that's fun to look at in this scene is what's changed from start to finish. So physically, he's gone from one location to another, right? He's gone from the Weasleys to the Quidditch World Cup. He's also moved from a state of ignorance to knowledge because he didn't know how the port key works and now he knows what a port key does and how it's used. You can also say he moves from a state of comfort to discomfort because he started at the Weasleys in the borough where he feels at home and everything's familiar. And then he ends at the field where the Quidditch World Cup is being held and he's never been here before. You can even say that he moves from a state of safety to danger at the Quidditch World Cup because there's a ton of people here and who knows who's in attendance. The next thing I would look at here is how this scene affects the global story. And at first glance, this scene doesn't seem like a big deal, but it actually affects the global story in many ways. So for one, Harry meets Cedric and learns how to use a port key. Later, during the Triwizard Tournament, Harry and Cedric help each other by sharing what they know about each task. And later on, during the last task, Harry and Cedric are transported through a port key to face Voldemort in the graveyard. So meeting Cedric and learning about port keys is a direct setup for things that happen later in the story. This scene also puts Harry in the Death Eater's path because shortly after the Quidditch World Cup is over, the Death Eaters show up, create havoc, and then shoot a dark mark into the sky. So hopefully you can see how looking at your scene through the lens of complications can really help to focus what you're writing and it can even help you trim some of the fat out of your draft. Because if there was another complication in this scene that we just looked at from Harry Potter that didn't quite fit or didn't really add to what Harry was doing in the scene, then we could go ahead and say, okay, maybe we should trim that out. And of course, because this is a published book, it's going to be a lot easier to identify these progressive complications or these moments of conflict that escalate. So when you're editing your first draft or a scene that you've just written, it's going to look a lot different than the example we just went over. But at least now knowing this process, you can kind of pinpoint what's going wrong or what needs to be stronger in your scene or in your draft. So that's it. That's my five-step process for evaluating the conflict in your scenes. And the really cool thing about this process is that you can use these same five steps to evaluate each scene, each sequence, each subplot, each act, and even your overarching global story too. And I know that level of analysis is not everyone's cup of tea, so don't worry if it's not yours. And don't worry if what I just said feels super overwhelming. This process is something that a developmental editor can help you with if you don't want to do it yourself. So if you want another set of eyes to help you evaluate the conflict in your draft, consider enlisting the help of a developmental editor. And this is something I can help you with, so I will put a link to my services page in the show notes for you in case that's something you're interested in. Now, let's do a quick recap of my five-step process for evaluating the conflict in your story. Step one is to identify what your point of view character wants and how they plan to get it. You're also going to want to have a good understanding of what your character expects to happen. So do they expect to succeed? Do they think things are going to be difficult? Something else? Like what do they think is going to happen? 
Step number two is to list everything that gets in your character's way as they pursue their goal. And remember, these complications can be positive or negative. It's just whatever gets in your character's way as they go after their goal. Step number three is to rank your list of complications to determine if they escalate properly or not. So remember, this is either ranking them from something like 1 to 10 or least challenging to most challenging, or you could rank it in terms of how far away or how close your character is to achieving their goal. So the system's not necessarily important. It's just you want to see, are they getting worse and worse or harder to deal with as the scene or the story goes on? Step number four is to identify the turning point or the moment that things change. And if you can identify a change, ask yourself how you feel about the change that occurs and determine if it's impactful enough or not. Step number five is to consider how the scene or whatever piece of the story you're analyzing affects the global story. So if you're analyzing a scene, how does this one scene contribute to the global story and how does it move things forward? If you're having a hard time evaluating the conflict in your own story, then I highly recommend taking a scene or two or three from your favorite movie and doing this five-step process. You're going to learn so much from analyzing stories that work, and sooner or later, you won't have to spend so much brain power writing conflict that escalates. It's going to start to come more naturally to you because you've exposed yourself to so much conflict that escalates through these exercises. You can also use this as a great activity for your writing group or for you and a critique partner to do together. You could switch scenes and then go through this five-step process for the other person's pages. And sometimes it's just getting a second set of eyes on your pages that can make all the difference and help you keep moving forward. So that's it for today's show. As always, I want to thank you so much for tuning in and showing your support. If you want to check out any of the links I mentioned in this episode, you can find them over at savannagilbo.com forward slash podcast. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the show because there's going to be another brand new episode coming out next week. If you're an Apple user, I'd really appreciate it if you took a few seconds to leave a quick rating and review. Your ratings and reviews tell iTunes that this is a podcast that's worth listening to. And in turn, that helps this show get in front of more fiction writers just like you. So that's it for today's show. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, happy writing.